you must doubt something, doubt your limits. Welcome to the Share Your Story podcast with your host, Megan McGowan, and her guests as they share real, raw, inspiring stories of how they have overcome adversity and the lessons they've learned along the way. Megan's mission is to change perspectives, offer hope, and create connections with their audience to make the world we live in a more connected place. All right, let's dive into this episode. A mom of three, an entrepreneur, an investor, the first beauty guide at Lime Life by Alcone, and of course, uh, my own inspiration. Uh, so I'm so, so, so happy you can join us, Mary Kay. I am so thrilled to be here, and I'm so, so proud of you. Um, thank um, you. <laughs> Thanks. And impacting the world, Megan McGowan, you're my hero as well. So <laughs> way to go, sister. Thank you. Um, and you just hit a huge goal. You just uh, sold 300, hit your mark of $300,000 in personal sales. $300,000 personally. I mean, in the world's best makeup and all natural skincare, right? And so that's a lot of $18 lip glosses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They've added up over time. Um, yeah. yes. That's phenomenal. I'm getting teary eyed already. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you've got me all in my feels already, Megan. Yeah, well, no, exactly. So, Mary Kay, your 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 life has been an incredible inspiration to so many. I've heard your story so many times, and I just think, you know, I want my audience to hear you speak, to hear, you know, lessons that you've learned along the way, what's led you to where you are today. You're such a successful woman. You are constantly giving back. Um, you have a mission of empowering people. Um, where did this really start? Like, give me like the breakdown. Oh gosh. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to start like in my, you know, probably like my teenage years, Meg. Yeah. I, I was, um, I don't know if anyone can relate to this. I'm sure people in your audience can, but I was simply surviving. I wasn't living. And I think it was probably around the eighth grade where I really realized that I didn't have some sort of control over my life, that I was living my life according to how others wanted me to live my life. Yeah. And I was lashing out, if anyone can relate to that. I was mm -hmm. promiscuous. I was hanging out with all the wrong friends. I was picking all the wrong boyfriends. I was doing the things that, you know, I probably shouldn't be doing as a 14-year-old girl. But I was, it was my inner sort of soul now looking back, I believe, that was yeah. trying to just express herself. And exactly. I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I just was trying to find myself in anywhere I could. And when you're not connected or aligned to who you truly are, what happens is you find everything in all the wrong places. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, and that's kind of what I was doing. And, and through high school, I, you know, I, I'd say I made friends and I certainly, had, you know, good relationships in my life, but nothing that really was meaningful. Yeah. And I was always this chameleon, like, um, you know, changing my stripes, changing, changing my color for whomever I was with in the moment. 
Mm -hmm. you know, and once again, just like conforming to what I thought others were expecting of me and really not having a sense of an opinion or any sort of like, who am I? Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and believe it or not, that kind of served me well, right. I survived. I thrived. I went off to college. Um, I went to Providence College up in Rhode Island. And once again, I just found myself being that perpetual people pleaser, mm-hmm. right? I think a lot of really can relate to that, right? Yep. So people pleasing, people, people, people pleasing, people pleasing. That's a tongue twister. Yeah. And, um, you know, what that does really is just leads you to, to the not necessarily the wrong people, because I always believe that everybody is in our life to teach us something. And we learn from every single person that blesses and touches our life. Absolutely. Um, But the best way I can describe it is I never felt comfortable in my own skin. Right. Mm -hmm. And I now know that that's when you're not with your people, when you're not with your tribe, you really, there is, your soul is making you in some sort of way feel uncomfortable. Like, have you ever entered a room and just immediately been like, I don't know if I belong here. Yeah. Yeah, The energy's off. The energy's off. And just kind of always making bad choices. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. and the interesting part of that is that was sort of the messaging growing up was that I don't make good choices. I grew up in a very, um, conservative Irish Catholic home Mm -hmm. and that generation, the way that they, you know, raised their children was really to be seen and not heard. And, um, you know, this idea of like meld into the wallpaper and look nice but also it was very clear to me that I wasn't making good decisions. So mm-hmm. when that gets sort of drilled into your mind, you're like, ah, well, I'm going to make a bad decision anyway. And you don't really trust yourself. Yeah. Oh, you, know? you just don't trust yourself. So graduated with co- through college, barely. Okay. <laughs> honest, honest, never was a great student. You know, school really wasn't my thing, Meg. It yeah. was, um, I was more, you know, a street smart person. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely knew that I was more of a people person, um, and graduated with, you know, average grades and had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. And once again, the natural sort of easy decision was for me to go to Wall Street, which yep. is New York City, right? Yep. That's where almost my entire family had already been working. And we're talking, you know, the mid 90s. I graduated in 1995. And back then, you know, nepotism was still a thing on Wall Street. <laughs> you had family that worked there, you were going to get a job. It didn't matter what your grades were or, or what you did. And, yeah. you know, um, So I went to work on Wall Street and I will never forget my very first bonus, okay? And I think Mm -hmm. that this was a very pivotal time in my life. And I'll never forget the woman's name. I was working for Payne Weber in the middle of New York City and I was her assistant, right? Yeah. Kind of like an assistant salesperson, right? And if you can imagine, you know, women on Wall Street in the 90s, they they were tough right? And here comes Mary Kay Kemper with this family history of Wall Street. Everybody kind of knew my name. They knew the name on Wall Street. So, you know, I felt that there was a little bit of a, you know, a a yellow brick road, if you will, for me. And I showed up like that. I'm like, 
Here I am. Yeah. Duffy, like deal with me, <laughs> you know? And I, I was just so arrogant in my own, you know, demeanor and in my own being back then. And it really, the arrogance now I now know came from just complete lack of self-confidence and mm -hmm. self-worth and really understanding who I was. Um, but I remember my first bonus that this woman gave me and um, I was all excited. If anybody knows, you know, you, you work on wall street for your bonus. Like that's kind of what you work for. Yeah. The arrogant person that I was at the time, I was like, I got this. It's going to be good. You know? And I sit down and she tells me I'm the worst assistant she's ever had. Um, and she wishes she could give me nothing for a bonus, but legally she has to give me at least $500 so here's your check right and after taxes i'll never forget it was like 360 some odd dollars and change right when i opened that check yeah and in that moment that woman told me my worth yeah it was 360 dollars. she was saying this is this is it i don't care what your name is i don't care who you are i don't care who you know you're the worst assistant i ever had and I now looking back can say, wow, there's probably so many times in a woman's life where they're allowing someone else to tell them their worth, but we really do have choices, right? We really yeah. do have a choice um, to really know our worth and to fight for it and to live in that authentic truth of it, right? Wow. So I walked down the street in the middle of New York City and cried and said, wow, you know, I guess she's right. I am the worst assistant she's ever had. And I remember going back to work and I stayed in that job where a woman disrespected me and yeah. held me down and dimmed my light and all the things for so long because I really believed her. I believed yeah. that that was all I was good at and that somebody would eventually rescue me. Somebody will come and take care of this. And you know, the, the sort of messaging to me was that the opportunity in your life, Mary Kay, is to meet a man yeah. that's going to have money and give you the life that you desire and want. And that is how I went through, you know, yeah. the majorities of my twenties Yeah, is that my job is to meet somebody who's going to give me opportunity. Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up with words like women empowerment. I didn't grow up with dreaming. I was always told no, 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 no. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah. So, and you know, nothing against my parents. They were amazing. They were doing the best they could do. And that was, you know, I was the youngest of three kids, the only girl, you know? Um, and, and anyway, so I went through Walsh. I stayed on wall street for almost 12 years. Wow. A very, um, loveless, passionless, you know, really uh, again just surviving getting up every day doing the grind and just doing the bare minimum but no joy in my soul no joy yeah. in my soul but again thinking that this is as good as it gets you know mm -hmm. and uh on 9 11 in 2001 i tragically lost my brother in the world trade center um i'm sorry this many years later and um I still say that and it immediately brings up emotion. Um, and that was a real, uh, as you can imagine, life changing moment. Um, my brother was my best friend. Uh, we both worked on Wall Street together. We lived around the corner from each other in New York City. His friends were my friends. My friends were his friends. 
he was kind of um, everything to me in my life. He was a best friend, a brother, a boyfriend, a father. I didn't have much of a father presence growing up in my life. Um, my dad was around. He just was very sick for the majority mm -hmm. of my life um, and was away in hospitals a lot. So my brother, Michael, filled that void for me and he was my everything. And um, the best way I can describe my relationship is that I felt I was worthy to be on this planet because I was Michael Duffy's sister. You know, that, that was my worth um, because he was so beloved. Uh, he was a natural leader and I always called him the Pied Piper because wherever Michael Duffy went, people followed and he didn't even realize it. Like he didn't even know that he was this natural leader. Um, yeah. But I always felt like if I was with him, I was safe. Mm -hmm. number one and if I was with him and people knew I was his sister well that makes me lovable yeah. so that just gives you sort of the depth of how unlovable I felt for most of my life um how like not worthy of good things I felt in my life and um how little self-worth I really was carrying around yeah. and you don't know it until you know it right exactly and exactly I think that's kind of the underlying message is that so many times us women don't listen to our inner compass. We mm -hmm. don't listen to that inner voice. And there have been plenty of times, Meg, where the inner voice would tell me that there's more for you. And I just ignored it, right? So I was 29 when Michael died. And um, I met my future husband three weeks after Michael passed away. Wow. Um, and I think that that was like kind of my escape, right? Like mm -hmm. this was a man who never knew my brother, didn't remind me of my brother. And um, grief does crazy things to you, as we all know. Absolutely. And uh, it took me about 10 years really through the grieving process. In that time, I had gotten married. Um, at that time, I had had three children. And I was now 39 years old and I was incredibly unhappy, incredibly. Um, I didn't even find joy in my children. Um, my marriage was a pretty loveless marriage. Um, there was addiction in my marriage. Um, there was codependency. There was manipulation. There was... Um, it just was extremely unhealthy for the both of us because the two of us met when we were not whole and complete, right? Mm -hmm. And so I sat at 39 years old with a lot of, is this as good as it gets? You know, um, is this all there is for me? And is this what I signed up for? And I just got to stay the course, you know? Um, and, and again, it's like I had this beautiful home over my head and I was able to provide for my children, you know, um, but I would have ever known you were unhappy. You had a picture perfect life from the outside. Yeah. From the outside, everybody was like, oh, wow. The husband, the three kids, the dog, the center hall colonial. Um, and we were, we were miserable. So I'll never forget um, 
again, 39 years old, almost 40. I think that's a moment where a lot of women sort of reevaluate, right? And say, Absolutely. you know, where am I at? I'm about to turn 40. Um, and uh, there was just this distinct voice that I heard. And it was, there's a purpose for your life. Um, Gives me chills. And I really heard it very clearly. I can't really explain it in any other way other than um, it just was there. And I, I have very strong and successful women in my life. My aunts, you know, they all were financial people who did very, very well for themselves. And my, I, this, the voice would say, if you think the women in your life are successful, wait till you see what you can do. Wow. I have chills. Yeah, I know. I was just going to say, I have chills all over my body. And I, I ignored that voice, Meg, for so long because I was like, no, like what? How? Like me? What? Yeah. You know, again, no self-confidence, no self-worth, no idea who she was, completely void of joy, totally surviving, not living. And um, the signs just kept coming and I can't explain it other than, and I've told you this before, it was a physical sort of uh, feeling in my soul, in the, in the sort of core of my being that I would just feel something. And then I would try to push it away and it would get stronger. Mm-hmm. And then I would try to say no to something and it would get stronger. And then I would be like, no, not me. And it would get stronger. And I can't really remember exactly when I just was like, I'm going to listen to this voice, but I did sit down and start to say, okay, what am I passionate about? Yeah. What do I love to do? If I had a free hour in my life, what would I want to do? And I love fashion. I love all things beauty. And I was like, gosh, if I had an extra hour in my life, I'd love to go to the mall and shop for makeup. (laughs) This is, this is like, so (laughs) right because my name is Mary Kay and um and I never really company yeah I never really loved makeup like honestly I wasn't I never knew how to do makeup I was very intimidated by makeup you know my mother was not one to be like let's play with makeup or let's figure out how to do your hair like my mom was not very girly you know as I said earlier my dad was sick most of my life so my mom was pretty much a single mom and um so anyway I I just started saying, what am I passionate about? I went and got a job at a boutique in um, my hometown at the time. Wow. And yeah. I just loved being with other women, serving them, helping them look and feel more beautiful every day. Um, and I was really good at it. And I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, like I do have talents, you know? Yeah. There is something in there and I am good at things and I do make good decisions. And I started just like slowly, but surely having these like self-affirming sort of moments in my own head. And then the, the boutique thing went on for a little bit, but the Lime Life opportunity came to me. And, um, you know, I know the family that started the company pretty intimately and, the owner, the co-CEO came to me and said, you know, I've got this idea and I've got this, you know, I really have a mission. And if you know the owners of Lime Life, you know that they don't need another, you know, business in their life. They have many businesses. Um, 
And, but there was a need for her to make a difference. Yes. And again, I didn't grow up with women empowerment. I didn't grow up with, you can dream big dreams and you can control your life and you can go and fight for what you deserve. I didn't grow up with those things, but here's a woman that's now talking like that to me. Yeah. And the first place my mind went to is absolutely not. I'm going to fail this woman. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because again, no self-worth, no self-confidence. But we say it all the time, borrow someone else's belief until you have belief in yourself, right? We say that all the time. Yeah. And I don't know, by the grace of God, by by the power of the signs that my brother Michael were sending me, I finally thought through all my negative self talk and did say yes to this opportunity because of the empowerment part, because of the we want to impact women's lives. Not, I never thought there I could make any money doing this. I never thought that I was ever going to really be able to retail makeup. I never thought that I was ever going to get anyone to say, I'll join your team. Like, yeah. you know, who am I? <laughs> um, I'm a person who does, you know, nothing and no clue. And, um, but anyway, Michelle Gay believed in me before I believed in myself as did her dad, um, who is now my stepdad, um, which is why I think Lime Life is such a true love story because my mom, years later after starting this company, married the CEO's dad. And it's such a great, you know, um, incredible love story. And that's a whole nother podcast. (laughs) Um, But once again, when you follow your truth, when you follow your North Star, lives change. Yes. It's not just about us. Lives change. My entire family's life has changed. But um, so Michelle believed in me. And I just said to myself, you know what, Mary Kay, it's not in the how, it's in the allow. Wow. And I, uh, that became it's my mantra. Not and again, in the how, it's in the allow. Wow. Again, I think that was my beautiful brother, Michael, like placing that on my heart and on my soul. And And then this is the craziest thing, the craziest thing. The moment I said yes, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go all in. And again, I don't know how I'm just going to allow, and I'm going to trust. But feeling went away. That irk, that, so if you don't believe that there are your loved ones or whatever it is in the higher power that you believe in, that is trying to speak to you and give you your your path, help you find your path. You know, we all have free will and we all need to move in a direction that, you know, somebody else, um, you know, tells us or helps us, or we have to say yes to opportunity, but we have to listen to that inner compass as well. And those higher powers that are are pushing us and telling us there's more out there. There's more out there because I truly believe that every single human being on this planet is limitless. And if are going to doubt anything if you must doubt something doubt your limits wow because they are endless wow you have limitless potential and um you know when you do start to follow that north star you know that's when all the magic shows up that's when all the abundance and you know all the the universal laws and and all of it because I started to slowly but surely love myself, right? And I started to show slowly but surely honor my truth 
and not worry about what others expected or thought of me. Exactly. And, um, you know, as you know, two years ago, I got divorced. And so I am now a single mom to three kids. Um, but I would have stayed in a loveless, toxic, very unhappy marriage. And that doesn't mean that, you know, my ex-husband is, is, a, is a bad man. He's not. I take full responsibility in being a very big part, a 50% part of that toxic relationship. You know, um, we did not know who we were and we were trying to be other things mm-hmm. for each other and mm-hmm. it was not healthy. And, um, you know, again, if, if it weren't for Lime Life, the community, the ability to really say that I deserve to be happy and that's okay. Because I also grew up with, if, if you, you know, speak your truth or if you talk too much, you're being selfish. Yeah. Yeah. That was the messaging. That was the messaging to me is that it's selfish. You be quiet. Nobody cares what you have to say. So when I started to just learn and it was really through some borrowing someone else's belief, you know, um, and honoring and walking in my truth every day and showing up for myself and fighting like heck for my most inspired future and stop living a default life that everything really did fall into place. And I'm not saying that it hasn't been hard as heck because it is hard as heck. When you say you want more, you better believe challenges are going to show up. You know, you better believe roadblocks are going to appear. You better believe you are going to have to dig deep and find unbelievable bravery and grit. Um, But it is so worth it. It Mm -hmm. is so worth it because I now sit here as a 48 year old woman who is truly living her most spectacular, mind blowing soul shaking, um, life that I never for a thousand million years thought would ever be possible for me. Yeah. And, and just, you know, for the people listening, you have made an impact on so, so, so many people's lives because you were the first person to say, this is possible. I'm going to take a chance on myself. You now lead a team of, of how many people? It's constantly growing. I just learned this crazy number just the other day that since I started, since I said yes to this opportunity, almost 35,000 people have said yes to Team Genesis at some point or another. Um, Not all of them are still with us, but uh, I know for a fact that every single one of those people had an impact on my life. And I'm pretty sure that the community we've built has had an impact on theirs. Absolutely. Um, and that's truly what I'm most proud of. Um, and, you know, my team is a $70 million a year organization. So to sit here before you and say that the woman that was told she's the worst assistant in the world and given a 360 some odd dollar bonus to say, this is what I legally have to give you. Um, is now running a multi, multi, multi million dollar a year organization. Wow. If that doesn't tell you that anything is possible, I don't know what is. Yeah. You know, I never thought I was worthy of anything, Meg. I never thought I was pretty enough, thin enough, 
you know, had enough skills. I, I didn't even know what my skills were. Um, I literally just floated through life as a surviving being um, who was living a life according to what others expected of her and just allowing life to happen by accident mm-hmm. is like the best way I can describe how I was living. I was like, okay, this looks good. Okay. This sounds good. Okay. Now I'm like, I want more. I want bigger. I deserve more, you know? And now I just, I realize so much the impact that we do all have and the ripple effect, whether we see it, know it or not. Yeah. Trust me when I tell you it's there. When you say yes to your dreams, when you say yes to wanting more, when you say, I want to be financially secure and stable lives, 1000% change. Um, And now, yeah, I'm such a voice and a stand for women being financially empowered. Um, Because again, I would never have been able to leave, you know, the situation that I was in, if I wasn't building some sort of financial security for myself. And it doesn't have to be a marriage. It doesn't have to be you know, what it was for me, but every woman does not know what life is going to throw at them in any given moment. Absolutely. And, you know, the world needs women to have money in their pockets. Um, Yeah. We make a difference. We spend more out there. It is proven. It is a fact. We invest in their children. When we get, we give. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Mary Kay, I can't, Thank you enough for this. Um, I'll never forget. Um, So Mary Kay came into my life when I think I was 13 or 14. So I was definitely a very impressionable um, young girl. But uh, I'll never forget when I was 16 years old. I don't even know if you remember this. You came up to me. And again, so so when I met Mary Kay, Mary Kay has always been a larger than life uh, figure for me. (laughs) You always have been. Um, and again, just so much energy, so much love. You just radiate like light into every single room you walk into. So it was just an honor to like be in the same room as her, let alone speak to her, let alone her to know my name. And she came up to me and I'll never forget. You grabbed my face and you said, Megan, you were not put on this earth to be mediocre. You were born of greatness. And you were just staring deep into my eyes and you just, yeah, penetrated my soul. And I wrote it down, like literally as soon as you said that, and I read it almost every single day. Um, so if that doesn't go to show, you know, the impact that, that one person has, the impact that you have had on, on so many people, I'm, I'm so grateful that you were able to take the time out of your busy schedule to speak with me. Um, and I cannot wait for other people to hear your story. So thank you. Thank you. Thank I you. love you so, so much. Um, if there is literally like one thing that I can leave your audience with, it's, you know, just please follow your dreams. Please know that you are all meant for greatness. Um, it doesn't matter. I mean, even the people that think they have all the tools in the world sometimes don't feel like they have enough, right? Mm -hmm. But please break through that barrier. Please just honor that truth, that inner compass, and just keep walking steadily and with true faith and true trust um, that everything you need will show up. It is not in the how, it's in the allow.
Wow. Okay. Mary Kay, Duffy Kemper. Thank you so much. Love you so much. Mwah. I love you, sister. Go keep killing it out there and chasing your dreams. I love you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Share Your Story podcast with your host, Megan McGowan. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. This helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Once again, thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Share Your Story podcast.